Volume One, Chapter Five of Cats. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Cats, their points and characteristics, with curiosities of cat life and a chapter on feline ailments by w gordon staples volume one chapter five sagacity of cats few people nowadays think of denying that man's noble friend the dog possesses a large amount of what can only be termed reason i myself believe that almost every animal does but in these pages i shall only claim the gift for our mutual friend the domestic cat reason i consider is quite different from mere instinct instinct is born in an animal reason is that instinct matured by experience i hardly think that you can find a more sagacious animal than the cat i doubt indeed if the dog is for pussy's peculiar mode of existence the many enemies she has to encounter and the struggle she often has to obtain sustenance sufficient to keep life in her poor little body bring all her faculties into better play and tend to the development of her reasoning powers before you can fully fathom what a wonderfully clever and wise creature even the commonest cat is you must study her life in every phase both out of doors and at the fireside no relation of mere sporadic acts of sagacity such as unfastening a door to get out breaking a window to get in or pulling a bell-rope to call the servant can do justice to pussy's wisdom everything she does has a reason for it and all her plans are properly schemed and thought out beforehand for she never fails to look before she leaps why my reader with all due respect to your intellectual powers if you were to be changed into a cat for four-and-twenty hours and had a cat's routine of pleasure and duty to perform with all your wisdom you would be as dead as a dried haddock before sundown let us try to imagine one day in a cat's life pussy wakes in the morning as fresh as a daisy for she has slept the sleep of the just and temperate she finds she has been shut into the parlor but though it is broad daylight the family won't be stirring yet for another hour a long weary hour for puss although she has the patience of job now she thinks if a mouse would only pop out from under the fender sometimes one does but watching won't bring it so she jumps upon the window-sill and gets behind the blind to gaze out at the bright morning and watch the sparrows and think of all she will do to-day at any rate she muses i shan't be shut in here another night so silly of me to go to sleep before the fire and happy thought i'll go and see yes i must go and see him to-night he'll be at the old thorn-tree i know dear dear tom the hour has worn away and at last mary comes to do out the room n b stand by to bolt through between her ugly legs done successful now upstairs to mew hungrily at her mistress's door that ensures a cuddle and so pussy sings while her mistress dresses down to breakfast at last souls oh she dotes on souls but why does her mistress get up and leave her alone for a minute with the cream and the souls and she so hungry too 
what a chance to dip one paw in the cream jug or help herself to only just the tail of that inviting soul but no she won't and she doesn't though the temptation was very great then mistress returns and pussy is rewarded for her honesty with a delicious breakfast and duly purrs her grace after meat two hours afterwards she is in her mistress's boudoir alone oh st anthony alone with the canary her eyes are drawn magnetically to the cage her mouth opens of its own accord her teeth water and unconsciously she fires off a series of miniature meows expressive of extreme desire one little spring and that beautiful bird would be hers but again she won't she'll only just look at it and if a cat may look at a king surely she may at a canary reader have you ever eaten a canary a live canary feathers and all no then i fear there is but little chance of your giving pussy half the credit due to her for resisting that sore temptation and letting birdie live but rats and rabbits what has pussy done now while canary gazing she has been standing on the escritoire and inadvertently spilt all her mistress's purple ink and to make matters worse that young lady enters in time to witness the accident and see puss making a face at the canary oh you wicked wicked ungrateful cat pussy flies and hides beneath the sofa those cruel unjust words how they rankle in her breast she will never never speak to her mistress again nor to anyone in the world not even to tom she will die beneath that sofa so in doleful dumps she spends two whole hours how very irksome if her mistress would only speak now she might come out perhaps but she only knits knits suddenly down rolls the ball of worsted hurrah out pops puss like an animated arrow and darts round and around the room after it like a mad thing her mistress smiles and pussy is up on her lap in an instant singing for joy because she is restored to favor somehow pussy in the afternoon accidentally finds herself in farmer hodge's pigeon loft she has merely come to have a look at the pretty creatures being fond of that sort of thing hark though a footstep on the ladder and enter farmer hodge himself poor pussy's intentions in the pigeon loft have been vilely misconstrued by that rude man and she herself kicked right out of the gable door a fall of twenty feet at least however she has the presence of mind to whirl round and the lights on her feet and thus saves her neck it is only a quarter of a mile to run home so she is off hotly pursued by the farmer and his horrid collie there is one tree on the way and she gains it just in time to save her mac and the ugly dog stops and barks up at her a long way astern comes puffing and blowing the farmer himself and when he arrives he will stone her one minute to get her breath then down flop on the back of the collie jumps pussy round and round the tree she rides him twice then dismisses him howling the dog runs back to his master with a bloody nose and one eye seriously damaged while pussy scot-free regains the shelter of her home just in time for dinner now my little lady says pussy's mistress about bedtime i see you are watching to get out and indeed you mustn't so come with me a little deceit is absolutely necessary now if pussy wants to gain her ends after all it is only policy so pussy purring complacently accompanies her mistress to her bedroom 
but having duly sung the young lady asleep she quietly steals from her side and creeps to the window luckily it is open fifteen feet is the tallest jump though but she remembers that when farmer hodge gave her a hint to leave the pigeon loft she leaped twenty feet she feels that hint on her rump even now but here goes she has done it and is safe then what a delicious sense of freedom and prospective bliss and hark yonder is tom's melodious voice in the distance and pussy is off in the moonlight to meet him and she won't go home till morning cats are very sensitive to kindness and are never ungrateful for benefits received a certain laboring woman got a cat which she became greatly attached when the time came round for her absence for six weeks at harvest in a distant part of the country she took her cat and the one kitten it was giving suck to and gave it in charge of a brother who lived three miles from her own village but here poor pussy wasn't happy the children beat and otherwise annoyed her so she returned to her own home in the village leaving the kitten behind her finding the house shut up she sought shelter in a kindly neighbor's house and having established herself in her new home she set out for the house where she had left the kitten she did not attempt to remove it however but simply gave it suck and left again twice a day regularly for three weeks did this queer pussy trot those six long miles to suckle her kitten until one day she found it drinking milk from a saucer after this she never went back on her mistress's return from harvest pussy again became her faithful companion clearly showing that although she was grateful to the neighbor she knew she did not belong to her but every year pussy stayed all the harvest with her benefactress until the return of her mistress and this habit she kept up all her life fourteen years how do cats know certain days of the week such as saturday or monday a shopkeeper whom i knew had a nice tom tabby which he kept night and day in his shop to protect his wares from mice and rats on saturdays tom was allowed to accompany his master home a distance of nearly a mile and to remain at home until the following monday pussy got used to this and as the shop was always kept open until ten o'clock on saturdays tom used regularly to leave the place and go home fully three hours before his master on the monday morning he was always quite ready to accompany him back again when this cat grew a few years older he began to tire of night duties he no doubt thought he had done enough when he had been on guard all day so to get off the night shift he used to leave the shop when his master made signs of putting up the shutters he would wait at a convenient distance till his master came but finding that he was invariably captured and carried back he fell upon another plan he took to leaving the shop an hour before closing time his master used to meet him halfways home but never could put a finger on him this same cat had been rescued from an ugly death when quite a kitten by a son of his master tom was greatly attached to this boy when the boy grew to be a man and only visited the house once a year tom still knew him and manifested great delight in seeing him cats however do not show the joy they feel in meeting again with a long-lost friend in so exuberant a manner as the dog on first seeing you they exhibit surprise then quietly show how glad they are by rubbing round you singing and following wherever you go as if afraid of being again separated a dog is a more excitable animal and more demonstrative in every way than the thoughtful pussy everyone knows how cats can open doors by jumping up and pressing down the latch this trick is more common in tortoiseshell cats than in any others 
and often descends from generation to generation. A lady's favorite cat the other day saved the life of her pet canary. The door of the bird's cage having been by some accident left open, Dickie flew out and at once made for the outside door, which happened to be open. The cat, however, immediately gave chase and captured the bird in the lobby. Tom at once returned and placed the poor bird, half dead with fright, at his mistress's feet. I know of a cat, not at all a moral specimen, that took a fancy to eat one of her master's rabbits. Knowing that she could not well do this within sight of the dwelling-house, she managed to chase one, or rather walk one, for she was too wise to hurry it, nearly a quarter of a mile from the house. She was just beginning her feast when discovered. A cat that dwelt in an outhouse was seen one day to deliberately take a portion of her dinner and place it in front of a mouse-hole in a corner. She then retired to a distance and set herself to watch. Not many minutes after, a fine plump mouse came out, gave one look around, and seeing nothing suspicious, commenced to eat the crumbs. While doing so, Pussy sprang up and captured it easily. It is a common custom in the north of Scotland, and I suppose it is so in other places, for the household cat regularly to attend at the milking of the cows, and to receive her allowance squirted directly from the cow's pap. No matter to what distance it is sent, Pussy will adroitly stem the current with open mouth and eyes closed with delight. A friend of mine once saw a cat, attempting to suck a quiet, good-natured cow. She failed, however, but walked directly up to where the gentleman was standing, and mewing in his face ran back and sat down below the udder, plainly requesting the favor of his assistance. He good-naturedly complied, and every day for weeks afterwards the cat used to come for him to perform the same kind office. There is an old man lives in K, who has an old, old cat. He is over one hundred years, and the cat has gone nineteen. In that long time, they've come to know each other pretty well. One evening, some years ago, Pussy was sitting in a particularly studious attitude before the fire, as if it had something important to tell, and didn't know how to begin. The old man was looking at her thoughtfully. That cat, he said presently, has something on her mind, haven't you, Puss? Pussy, to his grandchild's no small astonishment, at once mewed in reply, and jumping up, patted the old man's leg, and commenced trotting to the foot of the stair, looking over her shoulder, and asking him to follow. Go you, Lizzie, said the old man, and Lizzie went, following the cat up the stairs, and into an old lumber garret. There the cause of Pussy's anxiety was soon discovered. A litter of five fine kittens, which Pussy had had without the knowledge of any one in the house. Cats are as fond of bird-nesting as any schoolboy. A cat last summer found a starling's nest in the gable end of an old barn. There were five eggs in it at the time, but these Pussy did not touch. She preferred waiting until they were hatched. She was seen to go, sometimes as often as three times a day, and have a peep into the nest. When at length she was rewarded for her patience with the sight of goslings, she coolly put in her paw, drew out the little things one by one, and devoured them before their distracted parents' eyes. I did not feel at all sorry for that bereaved mother starling, for she and her impudent husband had rummaged every sparrow's nest about the place, and eaten the eggs. A man of the name of Chloe, shepherd to a nobleman in the west of Ireland, had an enormously large tomcat, who, as far as milk was concerned, 
was a notorious thief, the result, no doubt, of a deficient education in his youth. However, Tom was in the habit of committing depredations in the milk-house almost every night, being always forgiven by the shepherd's wife. He became at last quite a nuisance, and the shepherd determined to give him one sound hiding. He caught Tom in the very act of stealing cream, and he warmed him accordingly. Tom went out in high dudgeon, and no more was thought of it. But that night Tom returned, and with him a number of other cats. Having surrounded the hut, they proceeded in true Fenian style to break the windows and force an entrance. The shepherd, afraid of his life, fled to a loft, drawing up the ladder after him. His wife, however, showed more courage. She at once produced two large panfuls of cream, and invited the intruders to drink. They did not require a second bidding, and having regaled themselves, they departed in peace, and came no more. But cats will often leave a house and never return, if they have been threatened with a severe licking. A man residing in Ireland had a nice cat, which was fully eleven years of age, and which he had had reared from kittenhood. One day this cat received correction for some offense, and that same night it disappeared. It not only disappeared itself, but enticed a neighbor's cat along with it. Neither of them ever returned. The two cats had always lived on terms of great intimacy with each other. Another cat had succumbed to temptation, and stolen some fish. She was so afraid of getting whipped for the theft, that she did not enter the house for two whole days. At the end of that time, she was coming quietly in, when the good wife, half in fun, seized hold of the poker, and shaking it at the poor delinquent, "'Get out, you thieving hussy!' she cried, "'and never darken my door again!' The cat drew back, and slipped away, and was never seen more in that neighborhood." Of the eggs of fowls some cats are exceedingly fond, and if they once acquire a taste for this particular luxury, nothing can ever break them from it, and they will always find ways and means of indulging in their propensity. A cat of my acquaintance used to content herself with two, or at most three a day. She belonged to a grocer, and was quite honest with regard to everything else. It was a shopkeeper himself who was to blame for this fault in poor pussy, for in unpacking his eggs he would occasionally drop one then called Pussy's attention to the fact, saying, Here, Pussy, you take that. So in process of time, the cat took rather a penchant for eggs. She would jump on the counter whenever the whim struck her, and take an egg from the basket. Then, with a face beaming with mischief, she would proceed to make a mouse of it, paw-pawing it until it rolled over on the floor, as if by the merest accident in the world. Then it was amusing to see the air of astonishment Pussy adopted, as she peered wonderingly over the edge of the counter, as much as to say, Hello? Broken? Here, pussy, you take that. And down she would jump and lick it up. End of Volume 1, Chapter 5 Recording by Greg Giordano, Newport Ritchie, Florida